fun. This is fun. So um, I wanted just to start off, and obviously I think we should start off every one of these. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm flipping and flipping and trying to see. How do I go back to see myself? Okay. Um, I want to start off with prayer, but I want to be totally organic, okay? So, like, I know we've got, like, 30 minutes, but I, I want this to be fellowship, y'all. So, like, if I'm in the middle of saying something and you got a question, you know, this ain't like the team meeting and you got to raise your hand and can I, you know, just please say something because I want this to, to really touch somebody's spirit. Um, it's really, really funny. I don't, before I go into games, I don't get jitters, but um, I was texting last night. I'm like, I really feel there's so much that's been boiling on my spirit um, that I hope we can cram all this in in a very short time, but I think it's going to be fun. So if we don't mind, I'd like to start with just prayer and then we can dive right into this thing. So all heads bow, please. Father God, we just want to thank you in advance for getting us up today. We want to thank you in advance for the air in our lungs, the ability to serve, the ability to change lives, God. We want to thank you for covering us in the blood in advance for times that we didn't even deserve it, God. We just ask that in this fellowship that you bring people together, God, and that we keep you at the forefront. And more importantly, that love, love continues to be the fuel that keeps us going, Father God. We know we are in uncertain times, but we know that you are an amazing God. You are a miracle worker, and it has already been done. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm taking over sort of day two, but I always like to recap and go back, just like with our kids with scouting reports, how they forgot what you just taught them. I want to go back and, um, first of all, thank Coach Simmons. Um, come here, son. Come around here so everybody can see your face. Let me embarrass you real quick. All right, so my son just brought me coffee. Shout out to BJ. Say hey to everybody. All right, go ahead. Be blessed. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, a couple of things that he talked about that hit home for me was, um, who do we coach for? Are we keeping our faith and our father in the forefront of everything that we do? And a lot of times, you guys know this, for basketball, football, you've sort of kind of gone through your wave, but for basketball, this is the higher and firing season. It just is. Uh, people are keeping jobs that we're like, how are they keeping jobs? People are losing jobs that were unexpected. And it gets into that mode of sort of kind of dog-eat-dog. And the reality in all of this is we have to keep in mind that if we're here to serve and we're keeping God at the forefront of everything that we do, your path was already predetermined. It was already predetermined. We just have to be patient enough to take this journey in the way in which God sees fit. So that's something he talked about and I thought was amazing. And, and this, I don't know how many people wrote this down. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's amazing to me. That, that goes from getting up in the morning and right now, y'all, I put on real clothes today, just for y'all today. But the reality of the situation is, do we get up, do we make our bed? That's a discipline walk. Do you get up, do you wash your dishes or do you leave them in the sink? When you go to the grocery store, is it strategic? Do you just go all over the place or are you like me? I go in and out of the same aisle, 30 minutes in and out. The way we do anything is how we do everything. And that resonated with me. And that's something I know I'm going to keep in my coach's journal. Um, to consistently come back to. And then praying privately, not just for players, but our leaders. I think sometimes we just assume that our leaders know the right way. And that's not always the case. So while we're consistently praying for our players, I'm asking that we continue to 
pray publicly and privately for our leadership. That means leadership at our universities, leaderships in our country. If you're an assistant coach, praying for your head coach. It's not easy. It's not easy sitting in that seat and thinking that you're always making the right decisions because somebody's always going to be unhappy. So it's very important um, to pray for our leadership. So when we signed up to coach, we signed up for very an unpredictable profession um, that's not consistent. But the one thing that we can be is consistent with the way that we serve. Um, and our customer in this happens to be our student athletes. Um, for me, my why has always been to serve my surrounding community. I originally reside from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's very important. I say that in everything that I do. Um, because there's not too many girls like me that have the opportunity to get out. And I just want to serve young women to empower them to dream and be successful and give back. That's never changed for me. That's going to consistently be a creed for me. And that's always been faith-based. So let's dive right back into day two. Day two, we talked about relationships. For me, that meant I read everybody's notes and we've had a lot of good notes and input. But to me, that's being intentional about being relational. I think that's extremely important. Relationships in athletics, you can have a subpar team. We've all been there. But when the relationships, the faith, the focus all comes together, there's a great end result. Um, I really, really like the exercise about note cards. I've got note cards that I keep all over the place and BJ laughs at me, but I was writing on my note cards the other day. Um, for me in my office, I keep a binder and a file on every single student athlete. The first couple pages are blank note sheets, uh, notebook paper. And if not, I'm on my computer writing. Um, I think we need to be extremely intentional about sitting down with these young men and these young women, not just having your academic check-in meetings. We know we have to do that. Not having your meetings with your position coach. We know we need to do that. But having intentional meetings about how are you, that's very important. And I think sometimes we've gotten such restrictions in coaching, let me put that out there, with boundaries of making sure you don't necessarily meet by yourself, having an assistant coach in with a meeting, don't have closed door meetings. But the reality of all this is, if you recruited this kid the right way, relationships is how you got the kid to your university relationships are how you're going to get that young man or that young woman to stay. And that's all a part of serving and coaching. It's very easy to play the comparison game. What's the comparison game? The comparison game is comparing your walk to someone else's. Why are they at this point of their career? And you're at this point of your career. They're at this point in wins and losses and you're here. Your walk is your walk. Serving is a universal language. And I, I think that's something in coaching that we completely lose sight of, all right? When people sign up to come play for me and to play for Tennessee State University, they understand that the humanistic part of this cannot supersede, athletics cannot supersede the humanistic part of this. We are gonna serve our community. That's how that's gonna work. But that starts with me serving them. Um, there's a scripture I want to refer to, Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children on the right path, and when they get older, they will not leave it. BJ is going to be eight next month, and I will say eight years ago, I thought completely different than I think now. I coached completely different than I coach now. And I fully received and understood my responsibility as the leader because these young women are following me. Now here's the juggernaut. How do you still serve 
when the young women or young men that you serve have not been brought up the way that you've been brought up. I pray that what I'm instilling in BJ, that when he is 18 years old and one day we're going to claim it, amen, he's signing a national government set somewhere, that he keeps the morals and the values of this home in his daily walk. But what happens when these young men and women come to you and they now see you as a mother figure? They see you as a father figure. They needed a big brother. They even needed a counselor. What then happens? Well, we have to carry what we do in our homes and our faith-based um, ability to serve and coaching as well. That does not mean that we don't coach these kids up. That does not mean some kids you have on your team, you know, you can push a little harder than you can push others. But at the end of the day, being intentional about being relational is key in making sure, because you might be the one option that they've ever had to even learn what God can be and do in their lives. That's where the relationship comes in. Understand that your customer, our student athletes, are always watching you. They're always watching you. Just like I know right now my son's doing flips all up and throughout this den. He's always watching me. But are you always watching them? My players will always joke with me. And my players always say like, you know when I do this or when I tuck my shorts or I put my hands on my head or I know your tendencies. So when you do the following things, because we've established a relationship, that, know, that means I either have to sub you out I got to call a certain play call for you. I got to switch my defense because I've learned to have relationships with these young ladies. But understand and know that we have an obligation. If you're going to bring a kid to play for you and we say that we're going to serve and we're going to do that by faith, that has to be a consistent carryover, not just something to get a kid in the door. I do, you do, we do. I talk about that a lot. If I do it, I expect you to do it. I expect we to do it. That means everyone affiliated with your customer. That goes from administration. That goes to what happens when they leave your presence. That goes to the training room. That goes to support staff and parents. If we're going to do this thing together, I do, you do, we do. And that is something that I've carried over the years. And when you get that to consistently mirrored and mimicked, it becomes like clockwork. Um, to be a servant and to be a leader, you must learn how to sit in the fire and it is uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I told you guys I wanted this conversation to be real. I wanted it to be organic. So I'm opening that door. You've got to be able to sit in the fire and it's not always pretty. Everybody will not be happy, but the right way is always the right way. And that's when we go back to our faith. That's when we go back to the servant component. I'll be 40 in September. Got into the coaching game in 2009. And actually before that, no, seven. And I realized then that I was going to have to take on a lot more because my background isn't like everybody else's in basketball. I didn't play college basketball. I ran track in college. I was a heptathlete at Penn State University. But I did play professional basketball in Europe for seven years and then God. It's just one of those things. So I knew I was going to have to take jobs where I was going to have to be hitting the ground running. I was going to have to get dirty. And a part of getting dirty is doing the things that you don't want to do. 
So then we meet our student athlete, right? And our student athletes, the first thing that comes out of a lot of kids' mouth is you don't know my walk, you don't know what I've been through, you right. You don't. Half the kids that come play for you are yes, they know what you've done, but they truly didn't read your resume. They're going on the relationship and what's coming out of your mouth. It is your job to spend the time and do the work to get them to trust. We walk by faith. This is often blind. When these kids are coming to play for you, and let me talk about now, we're signing kids and they, don't, they haven't been on campuses, guys. We're in a whole different place in a different realm that we're not used to. So if our faith wasn't the foundation of anything we do up until this point, it's got to be. Because you are sometimes having to lead these kids right now blindly. And that's going to be huge moving forward. When I say the right way is always the right way to all my high school coaches, mid-major coaches, I know how much you have to spend out of your pocket to make this thing work. I know that sometimes your emotional tank runs empty. I know the countless hours that you put in to make sure that these programs function. And I know that you often don't get the validation of a thank you, and I appreciate you. But please understand and know that is a part of serving. It's a part of it. And understand that leaders don't always get a pat on the back, but at the end of the day, like we talked about yesterday, when a kid walks across the stage, and only you and only you know that full story, that is your thank you. And that should be enough. Understand that in serving, there is humility. I think somewhere along the way, we were told we have to be strong all the time. That's not the case. Humility and being vulnerable is a part of leading. For some, that's not their thing. For me, I've learned that I cannot allow all of the vanity that goes along with coaching to permeate what it is that I am on the inside. Sometimes that means you see tears. Sometimes that means, you know what, guys? Today, I don't have it today. But this is the important part. You've got to surround yourself with people that have a very similar vision as you. And if you don't, this can lead to a conflict. And I told y'all I wanted to touch stuff that was vulnerable. You've got to surround yourself with people that have a vision of, it's not about me. You have to surround yourself with people that have a concept of what a power bigger than yourself is. And you have to surround yourself with people that are going to know that serving doesn't always mean it's about me at that moment, but it's about the greater good. That is the beauty of athletics. That's the beauty of how athletics finds a commonality to bring things together. If you're not listening as a leader and as someone that says they want to serve, you have a problem. Listening is a part of being a servant. If we can't sit and be still and listen to what God is saying to us, I can almost guarantee you that you can't sit and be still to listen to what your players have to say to you. And sometimes that's not comfortable. I am not saying open your door and say, hey, open ammunition, take shots at me. But what I am saying is, if you are consistently seeing the same patterns in your players and are not making an effort to figure out why, it is going to be very difficult to serve your customer. For the last four months for me, I have had to sit in peace and patience and listen to exactly what God is saying to me. 
The first 30 days was extremely uncomfortable. But sometimes, in coaching, we're always taught to push, 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 push. Sometimes you have to sit down and peace be still and listen to what God is saying to you. I want some of you to write this down and come back to it. Has there ever been a moment when you are coaching in a game, the gym went silent, the crowd went silent, and all of a sudden you had that aha moment? Write down that moment. For me, I know what that moment is. You knew when to make a defensive switch. You knew when to make a substitution. You know when to do an impromptu play. It was time for a special situation that you had never done before. If in the fire, we can still find a way to hear exactly what God is saying to us. You've got to take the time to listen to your customer when sometimes they don't know how to talk to you. Being relational, this is very, very important. Knowing your players and knowing where and how to meet them. Going to church for some young women and men is very overwhelming. It's an overwhelming experience. So yesterday, I know my comment I ended with, for me, sometimes young women come in and they don't know the Lord's Prayer. It's a very big deal that they begin and end their days knowing the Lord's Prayer, where sometimes they haven't even been introduced to anything other than that. I talk a lot about mental health and athletics. We talk about young men and women coming to us and we having to be more than just a coach to them. Guys, mental health is real. And if you don't incorporate that as a part of your program or don't know on your campuses who to speak to, I highly suggest you go to your administrators, you find what resources are available to you. Because sometimes what we don't address, it's very common for teams, right? To go to church on Sundays as a unit. But what about the young woman that was violated by the church? How can she still play for you? I'm going to tell you that I have experienced that. It is my job as a leader to find a way to fix from within. It is sometimes unfathomable to me the amount of baggage that these young people carry coming to you. And as a parent, that's why I went back to the scripture that I sent to you, that if you teach a child, Sometimes we're having to teach 18, 21, 22-year-olds how to take the first step to believe. So when we feel like, is our presence really being felt? Am I doing enough to serve? Am I giving enough of myself? Understand and know that there are so many avenues that you're going to have to take to get the most out of these young men and women, but it will be worth it in the end. Because beknownst to you, you might be saving that young man or that young woman's life. Knowing their triggers, this goes back to when I said, listen, we talk so much that sometimes we just have to take a seat ba step back and listen. Listen to what people really need to say and want to say to you. I've been told all the time, well, coach, you're intimidating. Sometimes I got to learn to sit back and say nothing. And people have to feel comfortable enough to come to you so that you know when they get to that breaking point, you don't irritate one of those triggers. That's a part of being a leader. That's a part of serving. Learning the vulnerable parts of the people that you are serving. Keeping in mind that love is free. Love is kind. I have been to those moments on the sideline where I'm at the brink. I've been there. Officials get on your nerves. The fans are yelling crazy things at you, but you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. 
we cannot be a complete contradiction as to what we say in the office, stay in meetings and stay in the locker room. That is not walking a consistent walk. It's not. And then you wonder why your athletes look at you and they don't trust. Well, when the lights go on coach, you're a different person. They have to know all facets of you. This is some of the stuff that coaches don't want to talk about. It's a difference between being animated at game time and being a completely different person. You cannot bring those babies to you to love them up when it's good, but cut them at the knees when it's not going well. That's not how this thing works. Walking by faith and excelling through action. Okay. My dad, and I think he's on here, which is crazy, which is crazy because I didn't even know my dad knew how to download apps. Mr. Kern, if you're on here, shout out to you, dad. Um, he sent me something that I put together in 98 and then in 2002. So y'all remember when Vistaprint, you were getting your Vistaprint cards and Word used to have these little black figurines where you could like make figures. And I put together something called Infinite Sports. Um, and what Infinite Sports was exactly what I'm doing right now. And he said, Jessica, you've been doing this a long time. And sometimes you need your mom and your daddy just to throw you back in that lane and get you to reel yourself back in. The same things I'm saying today was the same things I was saying in 98 when I left high school. It's the same thing when I left Penn State University in 2002. And I'm bringing you back to being intentional about being relational. You have to stand for something and be consistent with it. If your faith is unwavering, your coaching is unwavering. If you have non-negotiables in your life that you will not bend or falter on, you're going to have those non-negotiables on the court and on the field that your players are going to believe and stick with. And you're going to have people that follow you. But you've got to be strong enough, still enough, vulnerable enough to find the balance and it will eventually all come together. And so I wanted to thank my dad for sending that to me. I had actually even lost that document, uh, but it brought me back to when I was hungry, when I was real hungry and I just wanted somebody to see who I was. So a servant pledge. Um, I have a servant pledge and I wanna read it to you guys. Um, see if I can pull it up quick here on my computer. Um, this is a servant's pledge. I'm going to put it, I don't know how you want me to put it in a chat, but I will put it in the chat if you want to use this moving forward. A servant's pledge. Maybe, may I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection. A guide for those who have lost their way. A ship for those with oceans to cross. A bridge for those with rivers to cross. A sanctuary for those that are in danger a lamp for those that do not have light and a place of refuge for those who lack shelter and a servant to all in need. In essence, guys, that is what we do. That's not in the job description. When you sign up for these jobs, that's not in the description. When people ask you for your resume, a servant's usually not on your resume, but that is exactly what each and every one of us do. And that is a pledge that I keep in the front of my playbook. I laminate it. I will gladly share it with all of you. And I know at the end of a day, end of a week, if I didn't do those things, I know the people that are following me probably did not get the best of me and I didn't do my best to serve. Um, and lastly, lastly, because I do really wanna open this up to discussion, 1 Corinthians 13, eight. I put this on a lot that I do. 
Love never fails, guys. It doesn't. Right now, I know we've called a whole lot of people that we haven't talked to in a while and said, I'm sorry. Some are on this call. We have found out that we've lost people, that we had the ability to say, I love you, and we didn't. We've also found out the good and the bad of this business in times of need. We have brothers and sisters that have lost jobs, that are still trying to figure out how to take care of their families. And there are some people, unfortunately, that may not walk the kind of walk that the people on this call walk. Hey, who do I call? How do I get the job? We're learning a lot about ourselves, but we are learning that God is more prevalent now than ever. I'm so grateful for all of you. Um, I hope this touched somebody. I really, really do. I hope you got some nuggets from it. And I am open and willing to take any questions, comments um, that any of you may have. Hey, Coach, I first just want to say I really appreciate that. That was that was powerful. Um, Thank you. I, I actually have an APR meeting. I'm supposed to be getting on at one thirty, but I just text them told them I'm going to be a few minutes late. <laughs> Look, we, we need the NCAA to have some discussions about this APR stuff. Right, yeah, exactly. That's what we're going to talk about. But, um, it, it again, just another powerful day of just uh, reflection and knowledge that's been dropped. And, of course, it's, um, the one thing I want to do first is just uh, commend you. Um, obviously, you know, I've been at different institutions and, you know, I always try to build relationships with all the coaches that I work with. And, um, you know, every school I've been at, I, I meet a women's basketball coach who just, uh, I mean, admires you. I mean, you're kind of like a, <laughs> you almost have like a cult following um, of the of the young women who just admire everything about you, not just the way you dress and how you always keep yourself on. on, on no, you had to go there. You had to go there. <laughs> That's the first thing to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> But then it goes to just, you know, your, your platform and how you use it for for good. And that's just, again, so I want to commend you for that. Um, but you. just one thing you, you touched on that I just want to um, piggyback off of because I find myself, um, at least I have in the past, and I try to remind my coaches of this too, is the part about not comparing your walk to someone else's. And I think that's so important for us because oftentimes, whether it's comparing our spiritual walk or even our professional walk, um, I think it's important that we all, um, the saying that we use, and I know, you know your husband works at Alabama, Nick Saban, saying of being where your feet are, of, you know, God has placed us at our positions for a specific reason. And, yes, many of you coaches are probably better X and O coaches or, you know, can devise schemes better than some of your counterparts or coaches at different levels. But, you know, why does God have you? where you are at that particular time. Why are you at that particular institution or that particular high school or wherever you're coaching? And I think it's important that we always remember that and never get into that, you know, questioning God about, well, why am I still here? Or I'm putting in the work. I'm doing a good job. I've won X number of games and I can't seem to get the next job. You know, we'll figure out why you're where you are. And maybe it's not the wins that God is calling you to do. It's something else. And that's, I think that's so important for us to, always remember that everywhere we are and that's that's my goal whatever job I take is that when I leave I leave an imprint I leave some type of um I leave good good work in in, in the sense of what I've done for the community what I've done for the individuals that I've been blessed to be around so I, I thought that was I mean a lot of things you said really touched me but that was one of the first things of not comparing our walks and our professions to other people um and just being where our feet are and understanding that God has placed us where we are for a specific reason and really understanding and, and like you said listening to God to figure out why that is 
and doing the best job we can with what we've been blessed with. So uh, thank you for that, Coach. I appreciate it. I appreciate that, Coach. Thank you. Hey, hey sis, what's going on? Who, who am I talking to? Sis. Hey, okay. Scott Wallace. Hey. <laughs> what's going on at that? Powerful mess. Hey. I got to get to you. I got to get to you. Very powerful mess. I'm not a coach, as most of you guys know. Okay, hold on. Okay. Don't get to me. Got my beard's not my beard's not where it needs to be. Now my barber's quarantined, so I you know so my beard. So don't get to me too quick. Please forgive my beard. But anyway, uh, another powerful, just powerful. Everything that you put out is powerful, and I really appreciate it. You know, relationships that you have with me and my wife uh, is a very important one. Um, and we love you and and continue to pray for you and your in, and all your endeavors and little nephew. BJ as well, but I wanted to touch on something, and and you and you eloquently said it. Uh, I've used that Proverbs twenty two and six um, verse in the Bible so many times because people kind of skim past that and they don't use. It's important to understand that when you when you read the Bible that you have to read every word and understand every word in the Bible. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty two and six to train up a child in the way they should go, and that means that there's a way that you can train them down as well. So it's important that we train them up and continue to train them up. And I've, you know, even being around the youth and all that, trying to build them up and not trying to tear them down it is a very important thing. And it, what really got me in this whole conversation that you had, we talked about not knowing where all of the, all of the kids or all of the players come from and their backgrounds and all that, and trying to blend it all in and, and, and how important that is. And, and understanding that, you know, our background, me being 51, I, I just don't have the same upbringing as they did, you know, how I was brought up or how they were brought up, not saying anybody was wrong, but just say that to be able to um, use your own background or use your own upbringing to to kind of fix that situation. I, I enjoyed that part. And also the, the we situation, that is the all that is, is very important as well. So I want to thank you, let you know that we love you. And we continue to pray for you. And I, I thank God for being on this call today. Guys, they are absolutely am amazing. Like, if you don't follow him on social media, him and his um, wife, Harriet, have been like, they're brother and sister to me. And they're absolutely amazing. Look like me. Um, unconditional love. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's amazing. And I appreciate y'all. I really do. So, Hello. Hey. Okay. Yo, videos. <laughs> Killing the game. <laughs> well, I'm Coach Lock. Um, trying to speak on a few things without getting into what I'll speak on uh, Saturday. But great word that you deliver. And I, me, myself, I always like coming out of the word of God. And um, what you spoke about today um, and what the devotion was about today, it hit home and um, about affirming um, your relationship with your players. And I want to come out of Galatians 5 and 22. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And you spoke on relationships. Now, as coaches, you know, my start, which I'll speak about Sarah to get into this profession, um, being able to um, 
um, be be um, having those relationships with those players. Um, it's about living by the fruit of the spirit. If you live by the fruit of the spirit, um, how how you build a relationship with your players, how you build a relationship with with, with, with others. I often say this: if you want to have a great relationship, whether it's your spouse, whether it's with your players, first it starts with you having a great relationship with God. When you learn how to have a great relationship with God, everything else falls in line. I didn't learn how to love my wife until I learned how to love God. When I learned how to love God, it lined everything up in accordance how it should be. So if you want to truly, you want to lead these players, you truly want to have relationships with them, you learn how to yourself have a true intimate relationship with God. And everything else lines itself up. If you're truly living by the fruit of the Spirit, how you're interacting with your players, how you're coaching your players, all that, it comes easy. Because guess what? You're going to treat them the way you will want to be treated. So I thought you had a great word today. Without getting too much in, because a lot of things that you said was a lot of things that I'm going to hit on um, Saturday. But um, great word, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I want to just personally say I appreciate you for everything that you put out. It is always not popular. Um, to put out how much you receive love um, and stand in true faith. Um, you do it in a way in which not only young people uh, can receive and it resonates, but people like myself. Um, and I just appreciate that because um, sometimes it's not popular, but it's what's needed to be heard. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Chelsea, we got anybody else there? Yeah, I do. I have a question, Coach Kern. Yes. Hi, Jarvis. Yes. Hey. Uh, first of all, incredible message as always. I mean, uh, you definitely have more than a gift of coaching. You have a gift of motivating and reaching people. Uh, my question to you is relapse. When we talk about how stern we are in relationships, religion, and everything, what happens when a relapse happens when someone pushes your button and you're in unforgiven territory. Yeah. I know Christians, we're supposed to forgive absolutely 100%, and I'm with that. However, in discipleship, you talk about the different responsibilities that the disciples had, whether it was Pete. Now you're at that fork of the road where you have to be Peter or John. How do you deal with the relapse? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, uh, thank you. And I knew that you would ask an uncomfortable question. I love you for it. Um, and for me, I'm just going to speak from my personal experience. Again, I can't speak on behalf of anyone else. Um, sitting in silence and impatience has been huge for me and getting through all my phases. Now, there's several phases, especially when you're hurt um, and you're functioning out of a place of anger or someone has hurt you. The first is anger, flat out. It's just anger. You question, and we've all done it. Let's be, let's be very honest. We question God's intent. Why me? Why now? Why this? But a part of that is if I'm going to, like Coach Locke said, if I'm going to try to love my players the way I want to be loved. Now, I am the first person to tell you as a Christian, I'm going to forgive you. But because I have to be a smart individual servant and leader that does not mean I can forget it's a balance for me that's a balance for me I have to forgive you because I'm not I'm not I'm walking a contradiction I'm a walking contradiction if I don't 
You also have to know that some people are not going to, if you're the person that put the hurt, they're not going to forgive you. But you also have to do your job to say and own and own, just like we expect our players to when we're watching film and they make mistakes, to be accountable. Own your mistakes. Own what you did wrong. Apologize, but leave it there. But leave it there. That's the peace and patience that I talked about. Sometimes it's not going to be received. And sometimes that wound is going to take a long time to heal. But I've learned, and you know this, I've learned that in time, in time, and I truly believe this, love, if it was organic love from the beginning, from the right place with no intent, love never fails. And I've yet to be proven wrong with that. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Coach, I have a question. Yes. Um, you spoke about, like, I'm Coach Ty, assistant coach at Fish University, by the way. Hey. How are you? Um, I take my players to church on Sundays as well. That's something that I feel that's important. You know, I say we we play, we pray, and we fellowship together. Um, I had one of my players come to me privately and, and share with me that uh, his disdain for going to church simply because of an incident that occurred in his in his life. So mm-hmm. for me, like I've never that was my first time ever experiencing something like that. Um, I work in uh, I'm a, a behavior counselor in the schools. So I stuff like that uh, as far as home and things like that with those kids that I work with that I service in the middle schools and the high school. But when a player come to me, it was kind of hard. I didn't know. Uh, I was like, wow. So I was like, okay, well, you just, you don't have to go. But I, I pray and I pray for them all the time. And I tell them I'm always sending them text messages and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. But it's like, me saying that, is that affecting him even more? Is that making him like, well, you praying for me to the God that that I feel like I was hurt by or that place where it's supposed to be comfort and peace with God. Right. And like that place hurt me. So what do I, what do I do? Um, Correct. So how, how did you handle your situation? Like, I mean. Sure. I mean, and I've, I've had, and I would love for some of the um, men, on this conversation, because um, I know that um, these are very sensitive areas for men, and I'm going to say this, especially Black men, um, that we expect to go on the front lines and beat people up for us and win games, um, so it's not necessarily easy. This is when I said, for me, I've always preached about my village. I'm only going to go to the extent of what my knowledge is, but I'm going to be smart enough to surround myself with people that can help me. For, for example, at Tennessee State, our women's services is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Okay, when young women come to me and they may have a situation and we've hit that administratively, I have an administrator that I can go to and say, listen, I feel this young lady may need some help. Um, She's struggling with getting to to the point where she wants to meet with someone. But we have women's services who will come meet you where you are. We also have men's services that will meet you where you are. Um, Because a lot of times young people, they don't want to be seen out. They don't want the stigma of I'm talking to somebody or it even my personal information getting out. And then especially from a male standpoint, I don't want to seem weak because men are taught we just got to be strong. And as a mom, I'm going to be very, very honest. When God sent me this manly of a man, hearing it from a man resonates so much different 
then it comes from a woman. That's the truth. There are some things that I can say to BJ that Charles says in 2.2 seconds. And I'm like, wow, I've been saying that for five years, but it resonates. I would say this. I'm going to talk about two sides of this. As a coach, you always have to protect yourself. You do have to protect yourself. And I want to make sure you know that, okay? Because when we're, if you're a really, really good coach, the first thing you want to do is put your hands around your baby and you want to protect them. But you also have to educate yourself with the parameters of what it is that you can do rationally, legally to assist that young man. So the first thing I would say to you is counseling services and every campus has it. See how good, how good the counseling services are with, with meeting these young people where they are. Okay. I have had not just to that extent, I have also had women who um, Christianity is not their walk. Um, they pray to other diff different powers that I've had to respect that as well. Over the years, I've had to adjust um, how I approach it. I also deal with the human, human resources department at every university that I've ever been at. What verbiage can I put in my handbook? What can I require and not require? We all know we have our catalogs. We're going to church on Sunday. This is something that we can do. It has to be a voluntary thing. So what I would say to you is extend your village. There are people like you know, obviously, in the profession that you're in um, that can help this young man with taking baby steps because that's, sometimes those scars are so deep, it's not that easy to heal. But I will say this, for him to have enough respect for you and open up and trust you enough with this information is a huge step. And so to me, that's a young person saying, I do want to get past this um, and break the chain. Because in often those situations, that's a cycle that needs to be broken. So I hope that helped a little bit, Kobe. Anybody else? Well, Coach, um, that was awesome. What I just want to say is not necessarily a question. Sure. The last time I'll make it short, y'all, um, so I can get you guys back to your quarantine vibes. But um, the program that um, I lead and that um, we run down here in Tallahassee is at a Title I school. Um, and a lot of the things that you touched on today, literally it was almost like a mirror into what we see. You know, sometimes from 7.30 to 1.50, even before we get to practice at three o'clock. Some of the things I hear, you know, you have no choice but to be still. You know, my girls have gotten to a place, you know, within the past two years, I've lost my grandfather, who was like my dad. I had surgery in the midst of our playoff season. So one of the things you said about being vulnerable and showing those tendencies to young ladies that is so true because I used to feel like, no, they can't see me like this. I have to always be in coach mode. I have to be strong for them. And what I found is that when I allowed them to see my weak moments and when I trusted them with my weak moments, they rose to the top for me. We saw some of their best performances because it was like, okay, coach is always there for me. She's not herself. You know, they would go to my assistant coaches, uh, two of which are on the call, and, and they fought in a different way because I showed my vulnerability. But one of the things that stuck out for me is when you said to be still, you know, and that, that, that resonates even in the spiritual realm and even in just a personal realm outside of religion, because you, if you're constantly moving all the time, you can miss things. You know, they talk to you about this all the time where, you know, investigators will say, well, did you see what happened? And you think you did, but because you're moving so fast, they may show you something totally different. And when we're still, we can pay attention to tendencies. We can pay attention to things that the young lady a lot of time will say to me, 
Coach, how did you know that? Sometimes they'll say, uh-uh, we don't want to come around you because it's almost like we have this sixth sense, you know. Um, and so I just want to thank you for everything that you said. You know, I saw a lot of head nodding and things like that. And I just love how we have various sports. Um, one of my line sisters actually was on the call and she said, I got on because even though, no, I'm not a coach, I know nothing about sports. She said she told something that was so profound and I'm actually heading to a meeting. I'm going to use some of those things. So I just want to let you know that I know all of this is by God's design. Um, when you learn to be still and just let him lead, um, when you are unaware of his movement, because he spoke this in my spirit a couple of times. And like I said, the people that want to call yesterday, it wasn't until I got locked outside of my house. that I was like, okay, God, I got it, I got it, I got it. You know, and, and it's just funny how it works. So I thank you for that message. I really thank everybody for being on this call. I hope that you truly got, you know, some nuggets because it was plenty. This is my notebook, just let you know um, from it. And I just thank you because you're so willing and you're so humble. And guys, I had told her, I watched her for a while, just like Coach Simmons said, there's so many people that watch you and you don't even know and you always give something just in your walk. It's not in your talk. Your talk was phenomenal, but in your walk, that kind of helps us grow um, in whatever facet that we're in. So I just personally want to thank you and I want to thank every coach that's on the call today. Um, my hope is that you'll continue us throughout the week. Um, tomorrow we have Kendra Aaron from Central Arizona University speaking to us on day three. So we ask that you come back and bring somebody with you. And coach, um, did you have anything, any final words you want no, to say? No, I just, I just really want to end in prayer um, like we started. And also um, if there are any prayer requests that you have and you may not want to uh, publicly, you know, say it on, on this chat, um, please let me know. Um, you know, uh, me and my family are very intentional about trying to keep as many people covered as possible. And I need you guys to know how much you guys have touched me in ways that you probably don't even know. I have a coach on here who um, I was one of the first gyms that I ever sat in in my entire career that I've watched him bloom and, and he's become and done absolutely amazing things. I have a friend on here um, who I never thought in a million years, four years later. Uh, that would uh, we would be this close and it would be in my wedding. I have my dad on here, which is insane. We've got black cows, we've got grassroots. And so just know you all make me better. And in this time and in this season that God is shifting things in my life, I need you all to know how intricate you've been in this shift. So um, if there's prayers, um, can please. Quick first? Can I say yes. something real quick? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Shantae. I am not a coach. I am the travel and purchasing coordinator at Tennessee State. So I just wanted to say to Coach Kern, who is not only my coach, but she's my friend. Um, this is her on a daily basis. It's not, you know, I see her off of Twitter. I see her off her Instagram. I see her in person. Um, and like she said, we are not only colleagues, we're also friends. And um, this is her. And I just want to say to you, Coach Kern, um, I truly, I love you. I admire you. And I thank you for the times that you even Y'all, I could be in my office because I got a football coach stressing me out and I got another basketball coach stressing me out. And she come in, she'd be like, ah, ah, ah. no, we're not going to do that today. And she give me back and give me a line. And, and it's good. And for that, it had really bonded us together. So I just want to let all of you know that this is not just her. It's not a show. Like she lives, she walks the walk, off the talk. This is actually her. Whether she have on four-inch red bottoms or she hey, have on hey, black, hey. okay, like, that's what you see is what you get for her. So I really enjoyed today and I love you. 
All right. Well, on, on that note, guys, because um, I know Chug, we said 30 minutes, but listen, and then God, I'm going to just leave it there. Um, I just want to end in prayer, if everyone's okay with that, all heads bowed. Father God, we just want to thank you in advance so much for giving us this opportunity and this platform. We know there are hearts that need to be healed in this conversation. We know that we have hands on people, Father God, that we know that we need to touch. We are in a state, God, that is new to us, but we know that you are unwavering. We know you are fulfilling. And as I said before, you are a miracle worker. If there's somebody in this group or in the presence of someone that is hurt, we ask that they get healed. If there is somebody that is in relationship issues, Father God, we ask that you continue to cover them in the blood and cover them with love. If there is somebody that's in a shift, Father God, we ask that you just let them sit still, be still, and allow your will to be done. We ask that all the things that we do come from love. We ask that you forgive us for our sins, both known and unknown, Father God. And we know more importantly that if you get us up to tomorrow, Father God, that we will do our absolute best to live your will and let your will be done. And these things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. Uh, Thanks, we'll guys. Here. Same time, same place at one. Thank you, Coach. It was awesome. See you guys later. Be blessed. Bye.